and welcome to the Saturday Down South Podcast. He is Chris Marler. I am Conor O'Kara. Vacation is over. Marler, how was Charleston? It was awesome. We had a great time. We had, um, it was hot. as Hades. Um, we had a good time though. Had, had a lot of fun. How was the Grand Canyon? It was grand. It was very grand. Yeah? Um, unbelievable. Just pictures don't do it justice. One of those things that you just gotta experience. Uh, go there, don't take stupid selfies standing on the edge of rocks that you should be standing on, yeah. um, like everybody does. That's like That was the worst thing about it. Everything else about it was so great, but like watching people be really stupid and take dumb pictures, take dumb selfies, like way closer to the edge where all you have between you is one bad step and just to fall to your death. Uh, that was tough to, to look at. But sure. I will say, unplugging, we stayed at this Airbnb that was out kind of in the middle of, in the middle of nowhere out in Williams, Arizona. And it was, it was perfect. It was exactly what I needed. I deleted Twitter off my phone on Wednesday <laughs> and did not download it back until I got back to Florida on on a, a late, late, late Sunday night. Actually, Monday morning was when I put it back on my phone. It's I, I don't know the last time I, I went that long without Twitter. Even when I went on a cruise, even when we went to on our honeymoon, I still had it on my phone. First time I've ever done it, loved it. I recommend it to people that have to consume Twitter for, for their job and for work and stuff like that. Specifically me. I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna throw you under the bus like that, but well, I, I would, hope I would not, recommend it's it. It's literally my job, Connor. I did not unplug, and thank God because I had some gold on Instagram with these videos because we did some singing, we did a lot of stuff, we had a good time. Oh boy, yeah. oh boy. Um, we had a lot to get to today. Uh, Fred Siegel of Old Takes Exposed. We just recorded an interview with him. Uh, he is a Florida grad, and we we talked a, a couple of things, Gators. We talked just a lot of. Of about the origins of, of cold takes and how the internet kind of needs this um, in this day and age of takes. Um, so we've got that interview with him. We've got some week one lines that we're going to get to. We're going to discuss because Sports Betting AG came out with some of those. Got some peak off-season content from you. Um, from By you, I mean like the, the masses, the world, and then from us as well. And then Marler actually did his homework did this it. week. You did your homework. You got your West SEC coaches, the actors who would play them in movies. Yes. So let's start, though, with something that is so up our alley. I can't even begin to describe it. This isn't like, usually we lead with some big news or something like that. This isn't the big news in college football world. And let's be honest, it's June. There wasn't that much news. So if you're no. going to hate on me for not coming out with big news to, you know, out of the gate, just, just chill. Urban Meyer bought a bar. And that itself is not big news. But Twitter decided that, you know what, this would be a perfect opportunity to come up with names for his bar, which is going to be in Dublin, Ohio. That, of course, is where Urban Meyer you know, has a lot of his roots and maybe where he's spending his, air quotes, retirement. So I, Hold on. Real, before we get started on this, let me, let me just tell, just, just say this and get this off my chest. As someone that's worked in bars before and knows that 80% of restaurants – fail in their first year i'm not saying his is going to fail but you know what you don't want to do when you retire from the spotlight and, and especially if you've had any kind of checkered past open a bar that involves alcohol and can easily be made fun of immediately if it fails so apparently it's called urban meyer's pint house but <laughs> twitter twitter was not satisfied with no, that nor should um, they be that's lame and we, we okay, so we gave this guy a lot of shade later in the podcast, but Dan Wolken actually kind of stirred the masses with this yep. by coming up with 
uh, names for what he would want at Urban Meyer's and bar. Boy, his, was it hilarious. His idea was I would uh, he would ask for a self-righteous IPA. Which so, is ironic coming from Dan Wolken. I thought so, too. I, I saw the irony in that as well. Some of the best responses to um, some of the names for Urban Meyer's bar that we saw just in response to, to Dan Wolken's tweet. Freezing Cold Takes, who, as, as I said earlier, we're going to be talking to, to Fred Siegel, the man behind that account later. He had top 1% of 1% ale, which, as we know, a little play on Urban Meyer's old pitch back in his Florida days where he said he's going to recruit the top 1% of 1% of human beings. And, yeah, let's just say that didn't work out so well. Um, this one from at Gump King. This is Gump the only good King. one that was, was even on Twitter. Urban's looking pale ale. See what I did? Yeah. Pale ale. That was yeah, good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, this one from uh, N. Elgert um, on Twitter. Sad Pizza Stout. Okay. So not that great. So we saw those yeah. and we're like, you know what? I can't believe can this even took off. I just without From now on, internet, please ask our permission first for creativity before you do something and embarrass yourselves like this. So now is our turn. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm going to let you go first because this is so. This is more up your alley than it is mine. I'll admit that. You 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 have the bar experience. Yeah. More than I do. This this screams Uncle Chris. IP aches and pains. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. House of Heffa license. All right. All right. Domestic fight and cold. Sickness. That is. Yeah. There you go. Uh, stouts and pouts. I like that one. Like Mind that. erasers. Oh, yeah, like phone erasers. There you go. Yeah. Or, or just then him forgetting about all these things, um, supposedly. Tebow Mac instead of Taco Mac. And last but not least, the Buck Lies. Oh, yeah, because he didn't always tell the truth. I would put um, money into the top four. IP Aches and Pains, Hefe- House of Hefelizens, and Stouts and Pouts. And, I mean, we're, the third one's tough, but it's still pretty good. I think IP Aches and Pains is your best. Yeah, I think that's, that's pretty good. Um, so mine, I, I came up with three. I've got second chances, um, because as we know, that's Urban's favorite thing is yeah. to give second and third and fourth chances if you can run like a four. A lot of murder. <laughs> it's been a murder. Um, the Urban Legend, which you can run in a lot of different directions with that if you choose. Yeah. Um, we we don't need to get into too many of the specifics of that and keeping Aaron Hernandez on your football team and all that stuff. Um, but maybe my best one I say for last, supply and deny. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I like that. So, I mean, take it's that just, internet. He's yeah, I just so like there's some good ones that were out there, but I was just shocked that I was like, I saw that I saw when it was like posted like on the site. It was like, here's some of the best ones from the internet, and I was like, yes, because I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't delete Twitter, but I definitely wasn't on it like hard. I was like on it like ninety percent less than I usually am. And I was excited for the gold that I thought we were going to find. We did not. So you're welcome, guys. Like Connor said, you're welcome, Internet. What are the chances that this bar, which, by the way, has a 7-0 and room, kind of playing off what he did um, at Michigan, oh, that's cool. beating Michigan um, each and every year. What do you think the chances of this bar being ro- relocated to, you know, I don't know, Southern California are? Oh, no way. Or South Bend. I could see them opening up a chain of these. Possibly, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I shouldn't say it. reopening, but yeah. new location, you yeah. know, franchise it out. Yeah, I could easily see that. Urban's Urban Meyer's Pint House is that sucks. I get it for SEO purposes. It sucks. Pint House, Pint House. I just you you literally you coach a sport where you've had 
I think almost the most draft picks in one one year, right? With like the the 2015 class or 20 what what year? 2016 was it? draft from the 2015 team. Yeah, Urban Meyer's draft house. You literally you you had. Oh a, yeah. yeah, this is so. St- I just I can't be. You guys can't depend on me for everything in the world. Okay, come on, Urban Meyer, do better. And then. Every one of his draft picks are a different, yes. menu, different menu. Yeah, God. easy. Well, that makes too much sense. How about Urban Meyer's Pint House? Okay, cool. This this next chapter of Urban's life, though, as it relates to college football, everybody knows that he's doing the Fox broadcasting thing. They have yeah. this new revamped pregame show that they're doing with Matt Leiner and Reggie Bush and, and Brady Quinn. They basically just brought back everybody from the Bush push and then yeah. threw Urban Meyer in there, and they're like, oh, hey, we got a show. Um, but this next chapter of his career for Florida fans, for Ohio State fans, is going to be so awkward because we're in this phase now that for, I don't know what the, the statute of limitations is on this, maybe three years that we're going to see Urban linked to every single Big Time Power 5 opening. Without a doubt. I, and that includes Notre Dame, by the way. And if you think I'm not above driving to, where is this at, Dublin, Ohio? Fun town of Dublin. Dublin, Ohio. And yeah, my old my old kitchen manager is actually opening up a restaurant there as well, so if you think I will go up there and buy a round of shots for people that I won't pay for and walk out on the tab later and then toast everyone and say, to the nights we'll never remember and the friends we'll never forget. Just that's that's a staple of Urban Meyer. Is that your go-to toast? No, but if I lied about stuff and never remembering things, it definitely would be. Oh, uh, yeah. There yeah, you go. That's, that's pretty good. I guarantee you the bars that I've been to in Dublin, in Dublin Ireland are, are probably just a little bit better than maybe. Dublin. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe. And I, I only went to like four, like th- probably three or four bars in Dublin yeah. because we were there for that many days. But anyways, Urban Meyer, bar, coming at you. Tweet us our, our, your best names for Urban Meyer's yeah. bar. Or maybe join our Facebook group and do yeah. it there. Maybe we should open up a little forum, get the people going, get the like real that. people of the internet to provide their Urban Meyer bar names. That's the goal. Because we can get enough of them. If we can, if we can get in there and, and unite fans together behind yes. their hatred of somebody that's not an SEC team, that's what we really want to do. We have some early week one SEC lines that were updated. Sports Betting AG released some spreads for uh, all, all, pretty much all the games. And then I actually went back and looked, and I saw that Georgia and Vandy was included. That line, by the way, is what? minus 18. Oh! I was going to say, let's guess. I was going to say 17 and a half. <laughs> were you really? Yes. I was going to oh, say man. 17 and a half, and I, I did research on it. It's actually in the notes. Okay, I'm, that's why I grunted like impressed. that. And I'm sorry for yelling, guys, into the microphone. I was just, I was trying to. Anyway, go ahead. Let's run through some of these spreads and just talk about what way we're leaning. Now, these are subject to change. You know, it's it's June. Let's be honest. Like a lot can happen over the course of the next two and a half months. I could have an epiphany and realize, like, oh, maybe you know, maybe Florida is actually going to be 12 and 0. And contrary to what what I said, you know, in the off season about them, like maybe not having this big massive rise up. Um, you know, maybe maybe my opinion will change. But for now, these are our opinions. Yeah. Let's start with those Gators. They play against Miami. It's in my backyard. It's or it's in Orlando. Florida is an eight point favorite. Uncle Chris, which way you lean in? So I don't want to ruin the ending here, but I'm I'll go ahead and tell you right now. If there's any amount of money that I'm putting on a pick for the first week, it's on this game. Ooh. Florida's gonna trounce Miami. Ooh. And I know that I I'm not high on Florida this year. I don't think I think they are gonna take a giant step back in comparison to where they were last year, not a giant setback, but they are going to take a step back. Their schedule is easy enough to where it won't really be as noticeable. I just think that the gap is not closing on Georgia. That's probably the best way to put it. Um, Florida was 9-4 and four against the spread last year. That was ninth best in the country. Uh, and I believe, 
what was it? Uh, it was tied for first in the uh, in the SEC with A and M. Um, they're really good against the spread last year. I think they'll be good against the spread this year. Miami sucks, even though they're playing in their spring game home field. Oh yeah, that's right, Camping World Stadium. They got what kicked up? out of their own stadium for the Rolling Stones concert. Um, I, I think Florida wins this big. I think it's by a minimum fourteen points. Give me the Gators week one. Yeah. Tate Martell is definitely, definitely. You know what's a better bet? Tate Martell is going to guarantee victory. That's a really good bet. That's going to happen, yeah, right? Without a doubt. And it'll it'll later be deleted on Twitter. But it'll say, there'll be a soundbite too. Oh, yeah. And we need to make sure that we get a, a screenshot of that. In fact, old takes exposed. Yeah. Let's, let's just keep a little eye out. Yeah. Keep, keep, keep a watch out on that. All right. Texas State, Texas A&M. A&M is a 34 and a half point favorite to take care of business in week one what say you is texas state a real school oh it's real i thought that was like where that movie like necessary roughness was filmed the one with sinbad and and the girl kicker it's real it's a real school slipped through the cracks for me oh god um so i i will say a&m we saw a&m come out last year early in their first first game of the year i know it was against an fcs opponent um i honestly don't know if texas state's in the fps or fcs it doesn't really matter I think A&M will kill them in the first game of the year. They are FBS, they believe are. it or not. Um, I've got two fun stats for you about Texas State. You ready? Go for it. So um, last year, Texas State went 1-7 against the Sun Belt. <laughs> right? Right? No, 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 no. It gets worse. It gets worse. This, is, this is somehow worse. Texas State lost to Rutgers by 28 points. Okay. So this, I retake, take back what I said. All the money that I had originally said I was going to use for Florida that I've borrowed. Anything that my girlfriend owns, that'll be pawned. Uh, or my fiance owns. Oh, I'm getting in trouble now. A&M. Yeah, you are. By 34 yeah, are. and a half. Easy. All right. Toledo against Kentucky. Our guy, Mark Stoops, is only a 13-point favorite for the season opener. I, I basically just tip my hand what way I'm leaning. I'm, I'm leaning with the Cats. I'm not, you know, A.J. Rose is going to rush for like five touchdowns in that game in the opener. But apparently Vegas thinks that Kentucky, you know, not that good, and they're, they're going to have a relatively low-scoring game against a, a MAC team. What does Marler say? Um, it's, this one's kind of too early for me on this one, so this better, this better not be like an old takes exposed thing. Um, I don't know much about Toledo. I will say Kentucky doesn't always have the strongest starts every year. Um, I'm going to say Toledo covers the spread. Okay, so... Um, last year they won by 15 against Central Michigan. Right. Just saying, they another, didn't another cover that school. Seventeen and a half. Okay, some some of us can can move on and forget that they didn't cover that game. Some of us can't. Um, but I I just keep I keep coming back to like this Mark Stoops feeding into the nobody believes in you narrative thing that yeah. he's just been driving home all off season. So that's even though Toledo was Toledo was actually good last year. Toledo won yeah. I think ten. They went ten games. Last year, I think they did. But is that where Terry um, Terry Bowden was? He I, oh, was that Akron, question. or was that the same the, damn I town? Confused. I get them all confused. Max schools just really blend together. They really for do. Me. They really do. They're got tough a damn to differentiate. Zip and a rocket. It don't make no sense. <laughs> all right, Mississippi State against Louisiana Lafayette. That game is in Nolens. 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 What do you got? What's the line? 22 and a half, oh, Mississippi State awful. is favored. I will say, I'm going to say Louisiana Lafayette. I feel like they're always in bowl games. Like, I think they're always in the New Orleans Bowl. 
It is named after them. Okay. So, yeah, okay. Um, I will say that uh, Louisiana Lafayette covers, but I, I will say it's like 21 points. Anytime there's something that specific this early on, I feel like Vegas probably knows something. So last year, uh, Mississippi State beat them by 46. Oh, cool. Glad I should have done that research. So. Just uh, just throwing that out there. Yeah. yeah, of course I'm picking Joe Moore had to cover. I don't care who he's got at quarterback. He's going to cover the spread. No Shocking. Um, yeah, totally unbiased take on that one. Um, let's move on. This one, this one's weird. Yeah, and this is awesome. This this is going to be really tough. And I think this line is actually going to move a lot. Yeah. Ole Miss and Memphis. Now, keep in mind, this game is being played at Memphis, which explains why Memphis is a six-point favorite to beat the Rebs slash Landsharks in the opener. What do you got? So, Ole Miss was three and nine against the spread last year in the SEC. <sighs> it was the worst in the conference, uh, towards the bottom of the entire country. Um, now you got to look at it this way: Memphis did, didn't they lose two running backs? No, uh, FAU lost two running backs. No, that's Memphis actually returned up, one of them. Okay, so they, they returned they returned a thousand yard rushers. That's what they, it was. they a, had two thousand yard rushers. One of them one of them was obviously the kid who had like like near twenty touchdowns and had eighteen. Daryl Henderson, yeah. yeah. So. They also lose their 16-year-old offensive coordinator, who's now at Auburn. Um, dilly dilly, dilly dilly. So I, I was shocked just to see the fact that this is a six-point favorite. This is this seems like Vegas is just begging you to bet on Ole Miss in the offseason. They they returned the least amount of offensive production in the country. As we talked they about, had, yeah, they had the they have the least uh, efficient defense I think I've ever seen. I know they bring in two offense or they bring a new offense coordinator, a new defense coordinator. I will say Memphis wins. Ole Miss covers. I'm taking Memphis, and yeah. I know, I know that's rough. Um, I think Memphis. I'm not gonna. Pu- I'm probably not gonna have Memphis in the top 25 to start the year. Uh, when I come up when I when we do like our you know preseason top 25 that we're gonna roll out. I yeah, think, I think in July we're gonna roll those out, but. I would not be surprised if Memphis won the new if they won the group of five slot in a New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah, I think this has potential to be a, a special year with that group, and I, I just think that the trio that they have coming back offensively, they're going to put up some points. Yeah, they are. And if you're if you're asking Ole Miss with this this amount of inexperience on offense, with all these new playmakers that they're trying to fit in, it's a new offensive system with Rich Rod. Like, I just think that's going to be a little bit of a tougher game, and I don't know how much the home field advantage is yeah. really going to matter because it's it's not like it's that. There are going to be plenty of Ole Miss fans there, no doubt about it. Yeah. We've made I've made the trip from Memphis to, to to Oxford, and knowing that it's not very far, um, but you know, realizing that this is still just a young and experienced team, and I think this could be a, a tough opening game. Well, but and real uh, quick, keep an eye on that line. Yeah, real quick on this, it, when you look at. When Vegas sets a line like this, I read this today. I hadn't given this any thought, okay, to be honest, before we talked about it today. I read this today, and I was like, because you had an article that came out about it, and I was like, they're a six-point underdog. It says a lot, a lot, to have a team from the SEC, not just the Power Five, but the SEC, be an underdog to a group of five school. And that that is telling. And Vegas, it's like like my dad always said, they don't build those giant, giant hotels and casinos in the middle of the desert for nothing. But they do have Jerry Neely. Ole Miss does, yeah. as we found out. Which we knew that that as soon as we as we got off the air yeah. with that, that of course he was going to announce that he was coming to Ole Miss. But as it stands, yeah, I'm going with Memphis for now. Next one. This one's this one's weird. It's really not. weird for a couple of reasons. Georgia State at Tennessee. Tennessee is a 26 point favorite in the home opener, 
It sounds like you're going Tennessee. Yeah. So, uh, Jeremy Pruitt, if you're listening, for the love of God, cover a spread. I can't tell you how much money I lost last year, but probably about two to three games against non-conference games for Tennessee where they underwhelmed not just me, but the betting nation all across America because of how bad they were. What was the last second-to-last game of the year? There was some game really late with them that they they had an easy spread. I thought they'd cover. They didn't. Um, Georgia State was 2-9-1 and one against the spread last year. That is Oof. 128th in the country out of 130 Ooh, teams. Yeah, Louisville That's was the bad. worst at 1-11. Um, so Georgia State, you know, not not a great school. I, I've been – I've said since, you know, I think February, that Tennessee would be the most improved team in the SEC from last year to this year. I, I think Tennessee will win. I think they'll win big. So in the last three years, Tennessee has beat – an FBS team by 26 points one time. Yeah. But having said that, I am going with Tennessee That's to cover. And That's here's why. Stat, man. Here's why. I'm flexing right now. You can see? Oh you can see God. I'm flexing? He really is, guys. This is a Jim Cheney flex game. Oh, my God. This is God. him trying to show the world, hey, I don't because they don't have a big non-conference headliner to yeah. prepare for. That's one of the luxuries of their schedule. It's not like LSU, which we're going to get to in a little bit, where you have Texas the week after. You don't have a big non-conference headliner pre- to prepare for. You want to give you want to give Rocky Top a little little bit of reason for yeah. excitement. All this stuff, Jim Cheney's been trying to prove himself at Georgia, trying to show, hey, I actually know how to call a game. I know how to run this offense. He's going to want to come out and show that he is worth this big-time investment that Tennessee gave him. And I think that he comes out and just blows the doors off of them, and Tennessee rolls in the open. Yeah, I agreed. All right. I'm surprised that I, I threw a little curveball. You didn't think I was going to go that way, did you? With what, you flexing? Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> the, the viewers at home can't see that, but that's okay. I got Anyways. screenshots. Y'all send, send me DMs. I'll send them out. <laughs> One very near and dear to your heart. Bama and Duke, that game is being played in Atlanta, right down the road from you. Bama is a 30-and-a-half point favorite. You're not taking Duke. I know you're not taking no, Duke. No, there's no way. I I am 1.7 miles from the stadium. and Down the road. Down the road. And I, I just had an epiphany last week that I'm not going to be able to go to the game. I don't think. Because of the Why fact, not? I mean, if we get free tickets and we and we go with our good friend. Garrett Stokes is going to hook it up, man. It up, I mean, yeah, I'm in. But I'm just saying... There's a lot of good football on that day, and I don't necessarily want to miss it. Um, this is not one of them. <laughs> this is not one of those good games. <laughs> Bama will destroy Duke. And I don't think that Bama's going to come out and look. We talked about this off air, and it's an unrelated topic, but I, I don't know if the Bama offense is going to be as good as last year. There's a lot of reasons for that. Not saying that it's going to – Bama's offense was the best it's ever been last year, bottom line. Um, Duke lost their only good player they've had since Zion. So, true. Daniel Jones especially has stud in the NFL. Um, I think Alabama <laughs> will win big. It'll it'll be like a forty-eight to fourteen game. Do you want me to give you something that's going to make your stomach drop? It won't. Oh, it will. I promise. <laughs> okay, go. Steve Sarkeesian's just back in his element, coaching in that stadium. Oh God! Oh, he's going to be in whoa, Florida. Whoa, whoa. He's going to be in the Georgia Dome. I just realized that. Oh no. They call it Mercedes-Benz now, but, you know, the, whatever. You can call it the Georgia Dome if you want. You've been living in Atlanta for that long. You're allowed to you, – you're, you're kind of doctored into that. That's fine. Start, you whatever. don't want to get into this takes this this thing right now. <laughs> don't start doing this. I, that, that's, right, that's, that means two is going to have one touchdown, and it'll oh be like gosh. a 47-yard bomb or something like that to Judy. He's not going to have a red zone touchdown guaranteed. Yeah, Jerry Judy's just going to get ignored in the red Damn zone. It. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm still – Saban will overcome that. 
Bama covers in the opener. Here's here's your here's the stat that's going to make your stomach rise a little bit back up. Okay, so Bama is un, is unbeaten in openers with with Saban. Obviously, they've won ten of the twelve openers by at least three scores. Yeah. Do we think that Duke is going to be like the third team to not do that against Bama? I I don't. I don't. Well, the teams that have haven't done it would be who Virginia Tech, uh, the uh, West Virginia game in twenty fifteen. And there's one more. I can't even think of what it is right now. But, yeah, you should, I mean, it's – they don't play nobody. They don't play nobody, Paul. Move on to the next game before I lose it. South Carolina is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite against the return of the MAC, the fighting MAC, North Carolina Tar Heels. That game is played, being played in Charlotte. Who do you got? It's Carolina. That's That hook Whoa, 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 whoa. You can't just uh, say yeah, Carolina, South Carolina with that. South Carolina. Right, there you go. So our our good friend and and editor for the site, C Wright, seems to think that North Carolina is going to win this game, which is just he's also a big North he, Carolina. This, guy. It's like the it's the most it's it's the least attempt at not being a homer I think I've ever seen. And that's that's saying something <laughs> like from me. Coming from you, yeah. Like I mean, that's oh North, Carolina. I'm not saying North Carolina's. Not going to turn around. I think you have kind of the same opinion on that. But, like, you have a good stat. I'll let you say it because you had it in your article. But Carol- South Carolina. No, steal it. Go ahead. Sure. They, they're 10-0 in their last 10 games against teams from North Carolina. North Carolina is just not that good of a team. That that, that program has, has been it's – gone, it's gotten worse and worse, I feel like, over the past five to ten years. I think they'll turn around because there's a lot of talent in that state. But where it's at right now – and South Carolina can't say this for a lot of programs, especially in, like that are – like geographically close to them they are in a better place as a program like head and shoulders above this team and i I think they'll show that in this game much better place yes and i think that we you know everybody's excited about mac brown returning to college football or at least you know there there are some people that are excited i shouldn't say everyone but let's not forget this is a team that won one game against an fbs team last year yeah it was like a three-point win against Pitt. so let's right let's chill saying that they're going to be good enough to beat to beat south carolina i i would take i would take the gamecocks to cover even though i'm not as high on them and i think that 2019 will be a little bit rough in certain areas for them with how difficult that schedule is obviously but i don't think this is one of the games that's going to push them all right georgia southern which by the way how many schools from georgia like georgia state georgia southern I guess just those two, whatever. Um, <laughs> Georgia Southern is traveling Southern, not to, to Death Valley. LSU is a 26-point favorite. What do you got? I got I got Georgia Southern. And here's why. Explain. So I'm, I'm on board with this. Yeah, and so the reason why is this. LSU is a really good team. I've, I've talked ad nauseum about the fact that I think – uh, Orgeron has been really good against the spread, especially against like ranked teams. This is not a ranked team. This is a Sun Belt team. This is a bowl team from last year. They're better than people think. They don't still run the triple option, crazy enough. Um, but this is one of those things. That I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in the get-back game or the don't-show-too-much game. And when you have you – want, you want Joe Burrow and this offense to come out – firing all cylinders, being as efficient as possible. And what you are begging for as an LSU fan here is a late fourth quarter backdoor cover from Georgia State because Joe Burrow, all of your talent on the offense that I can't name right now uh, because I'm all fired up, they are out of the game. They are in slides and sandals on the sidelines, not anywhere close to the action so they can't get hurt so they can prepare for Texas the week after. 
I agree. And I think that's going to have a big, big factor in this. And I would not be surprised to see this line crawl down a little bit. Yeah. Not, not, it's not to the point where it's like, you know, only an 18 or 19 point favorite. Just, just something a little bit lower because if you're wanting to, to keep guys healthy, you want to, you know, that's the big game on your non-conference slate. And this, you know, let's, let's, let's call it what it is too. Georgia Southern, I'm not saying that they're going to do what Troy did, but, you know, they won double digit games last year. They're number 19 in percentage of returning production, that great stat that SB Nation does every single Love year. That, yeah. And I think that in a game like this, it wouldn't be crazy if LSU running this new offense, you know, you get a new, you know, the, the RPOs are going to be something that's going to become more of a staple. And if this is something where you're, you're just trying to throw in wrinkles here and there, I would not be surprised if it was a little bit of a slower start for them. Maybe this game is kind of close around halftime. Yeah. They pull away in the third quarter, and then this doesn't end up. This ends up being like a twenty-one point win instead of a twenty-six point right. win, and everybody's healthy going into Texas. Yeah, it's the exact opposite of what I said. But sure, okay. Yeah, literally exactly <laughs> that. But well, I mean, the end result is the same. Yeah, that's all that really matters. Let's go to Mizzou and Wyoming. Go <laughs> figure, Kelly Bryant. When you sign your transfer papers to go to Mizzou. Did you think, oh, I guess I'm going to be opening my Mizzou career in Laramie. They're at Wyoming? They're at Wyoming. They are still 14.5-point favorites. But, yes, Mizzou is at Wyoming. What do you got? Uh, So, I've already said that I've I've gone back on this twice now. Florida's where I'm putting all my money. A&M's where I'm putting all my money. I I, I won't say that I put all my money on Mizzou. But the Missouri Tiger 2019 Revenge Tour starts... In Laramie, Wyoming, which is apparently a real place. For good things. I haven't at all, but that's fine. Not going to say it's not great to live there. I'm sure for the 13 and a half people that are there, great. I would say Mizzou is going to come out here and win this game by, you ready for this? 28 or more points. I don't know a thing about Wyoming. I don't know a thing about their offense. But I will tell you right now, there's no team that's been as consistently underappreciated in the SEC or across the nation, as Missouri, there's no team that has been screwed over more this past offseason, besides Florida because they're their own coach, but by the NCAA as Missouri. And Missouri will come out here firing on all cylinders, yep. and they are going to destroy that state that's not Idaho or one of the uh, Dakotas. I, I really don't even have anything to add. You hit like all my points. That was perfect. I was going to say I was going to say exactly that, that the – the, the fact that they've been through this offseason like this, yeah. where it's kind of an us-against-the-world type thing, they come out ready to go. They won, they won by 27 last year when that game was played in Columbia. So, it's a, I, you know, it's a 13 you said point difference, Vegas? Like, I mean, I don't know. Vegas is usually pretty good, but I don't know. Weird. Uh, yes, I will also take the Tigers to cover. I'm taking a whole lot of SEC teams. But this last one, I am not taking an SEC I'm going to let you cover. lead the at way. Least, at least not. At least not yet. At least not yet. I need to figure some things out, look at this a little bit closer, kind of figure out how I feel about the quarterback situation, all that. Auburn is a two-point favorite against Oregon. That game is being played in Dallas. I am not as high on picking Auburn out of the gates, and I realized last year the comp that everybody's going to make is, oh, well, they beat Washington by five. They won that game in Atlanta. Really, really close game. Very physical game. You got to, you felt good about the Auburn defense after watching that. Maybe not so much about the offense, right. even though George Stidham did make a really nice clutch throw in that game. I still am a little bit higher on a team that returns a potential top five pick in the draft mm-hmm. and Justin Air Bear. And the fact that we don't know what this Auburn offense is going to look like just yet. Yeah. It's just so hard to, to picture this identity because 
If you go Joey Gatewood, it's going one way. If you go Bo Nix, it's going another. And until you kind of figure out what this identity is going to be and and what they're what they're trying to replace at the receiver position as well, it's difficult for me to say that Auburn, with a freshman quarterback who has never started a game, is going to beat an Oregon team that has a lot of experience coming back, has an experienced quarterback as well. And, you know, just the, the, the magnitude of what this game could potentially mean for Oregon trying to make one of these playoff pushes yeah. or something like that. I'm going with the Ducks as of right now. I won't be surprised if that line changes more into Oregon's favor. So I'll be honest, and I could be going back on what I already said earlier this year because I, I know last year I was a huge proponent of Washington beating Auburn and at least covering the spread because of the fact that like they returned, they were a much better team defensively than people give credit for. Um, you know, I, I know what happened. I was wrong about it, all that good stuff. This line was at three and a half. I'm all over Oregon. Like, in favor of Auburn. At two, I, I will go back on, if I've already said it, I honestly can't remember, I've taken Auburn to cover this. And the reason is because hmm. I think Oregon's going to be great. I think Justin Erbel um, is a legit, a legit talented quarterback. Uh, Mario Cristobal, like, you look at the best the best things that Auburn will do defensively are going to be up front in the, on the defensive line. Mario Cristobal, the head coach at Oregon, he's a former offensive lineman. He's a offensive line guru. Um really good coach up front. I think he'll be able to combat that a little bit, but there's only so much you're going to be able to do against a guy like Derek Brown. Um, I know that you have a freshman quarterback that I've, I've predicted at least will start this game. You have some of the fastest receivers in the country, not just even in football, but just fastest people in the country in, in blue and orange. Um, Shout out Anthony Schwartz. Yeah. yeah. And so you, you have like usually the kind of like up, up tempo speed you would see from Oregon that we're familiar with, like at least the Chip Kelly era. I think you're mm-hmm. going to see that, you know, times 10 with, with Gus Malzahn playing like his name's hair's on fire and just beating the dog, not the dog crap out of Oregon. But I think they will win because he has to win this game. If Gus doesn't wear a sweater vest every single game, is that enough to fire him? I, you know, I, I don't know. If he wears it every game, that's enough to fire him. His name's no, Gus. let's bring back the, the sweater vest. We need that. Um, Georgia, just real quick. Georgia covering an 18-point spread at Vandy. That seems pretty obvious. Why is that? That seems a little bit too low for me. So the average the average line for this Georgia game uh, has been 22 points over the past five years. It's been 26 and a half. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's been 19 points exactly, okay, um, for Kirby Smart teams. I think they'll cover it because I, I just think this, this Georgia team is going to be a lot better than people give him credit for. And, and here's here's the reason why. I love Keyshawn Vaughn. I think he'll be fine. We love Red Mamba. We love Red Mamba. This is a pro-Red Mamba podcast. I think losing somebody like Kyle Shermer is a bigger deal than people think. And I understand you have, what's his name, Riley Neal coming in. Riley Neal, um, yep. And I understand you have the kid receiver and and all these things. Collagen Limpscombe. Yeah, yep. thank you. So it's like all, all of those things. I think Vandy's offense has the potential to still be good. You're going to see a lot of freshmen for Georgia play this game, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I don't think they'll have a problem with Vandy. Because for me, when you get to this level, and, and I don't care how this sounds, when you get to this level and of where I think Georgia's at, and this is going to sound very, very Bama Homer-ish or, or entitled. I don't know what the right word is. But so for me, when Bama would play a team like this and you're an 18.5-point favorite, the question becomes for me is I think Bama's going to score 30 points. Is Vandy going to score 10? It's a fair question. Yeah. It's a very, very fair question. And if you look at just the dominance in the division, I brought this up. We bring this up all the time. 
They've won every game in the division by at least 14 points in the last two right. years. 18 points does not feel like enough no. for me. It, I, I, don't, I think I might still take Georgia if they were a 28-point favorite, to be old honest. Old prediction, and I'll write this down, this line will end at 21.5 or 22.5 by Georgia. It's, it'll climb up at least four points by the time it's time for kickoff. Etch it in stone, baby. Yeah. Etch it in stone. Let's do it. We've got some peak offseason oh, content like to get this. to. This one is very near and dear to your heart, as I'm sure. <laughs> we'll, we'll, it, I'll get to it in, in, in a second why, why it makes sense. So Texas A&M defensive back Derek Tucker was arrested because of, uh, I saw the ESPN headline, a beef over tacos. Yeah, we see what we did there. And apparently this incident happened on March 24th. Uh, Tucker hit the man in the back of the head, according to the, the police report. He was released on $5,000 bond. He started in eight games last year. So it's, this isn't just like some like random yeah. random dude on, on the roster, and that's why you know it made made he just national loves headlines. Tacos. It's our taco guy, but a taco confrontation. I think you've. I, I'm just guessing you've gotten into one taco confrontation. In this your is life. one of the. So I did, I hated what you how you phrase this. You said, "What's the dumbest thing you've gotten into a fight about?" Man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was going to ask that after the taco. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, but like. I, I, there's just, I mean, I was drunk in my all, like my whole early twenties, man. So it was just everything. It was terrible. I was a terrible, just salty person. So you name it, I probably got into a fight about it. But I have, unfortunately enough, been involved in an altercation at a Taco Bell drive-through because our designated driver was being a pansy and somebody cut us in line. And then they ran out of a certain thing that I was excited to eat. I was not sober. And I literally got into a fight at a Taco Bell drive-thru off Ponce de Leon Avenue in downtown Atlanta. So the thing that you wanted to eat, uh, cheesy gordita crunch? No, it was just a bunch of tacos. They, they ran out of meat. Well, I left with fair, tacos. Really I'll just say that. Place. I'm not going to say how this fight went, but I'm letting you know right now, I left with tacos, and I didn't get arrested. That's a win. I'm impressed. <laughs> I'm very impressed. Um, I, not to, not to belabor the point or anything like that, but this is one of those things that like, it, it is peak off season content yeah. because this random stuff like this that happens where you're like, this, this is the type of arrest that wouldn't happen during the year. This is like only something that would happen probably not in June. Not with, not with a player. Fans? Not with a player. Oh, man. Yeah. Fans. Oh, of course. Florida fans. man. I, well, I think, no, you know you're, what? You're looking at A it. better question is what is the dumbest thing you've gotten into a fight about? Oh, that's a great question. I've gotten into very serious verbal altercations with <laughs> one of my best friends about Tyrus Thomas, the former LSU basketball star oh, okay. who was yeah, drafted the by the Chicago Bulls. And I said on draft day, oh my gosh, they just traded Tyrus Thomas. To get Tyrus Thomas, they traded away LaMarcus Aldridge. So Ooh. needless to say, I won that argument. Um, my brother and I have gotten into some really dumb fights, like just sports-related yeah. stuff. My brother, speaking of SEC, former SEC basketball players, my brother said that he would stop being a Bulls fan if they drafted Joakim Noah. That's so, dumb. you know, he kind of wore some egg yeah. on his face. And the, the fight that I got into with, with one of my guy who was one of my groomsmen um, was basically that I believe Joakim Noah was going to be way better than Tyrus Thomas. So I know this is an episode of Cold Takes Exposed, but that's yeah, I was right on those. So let's let, me, let the record show for that. Pat, pat on yeah, the back. Yeah, for real. Let me let me add this one thing, and I will say this because because these people deserve to be called out, but they also it's also funny. My friend Kyle Price one time broke a beer bottle off the side of a a bar because this guy was arguing about how Bear Bryant his like Bear Bryant's legacy being terrible. He's a Notre Dame fan, 
And I'm the oh, I'm the Bama fan, and I remember having to be like, I was like all fired up because we were like 21 or something stupid, and it was just like you know just drunk arguments. And he brought up, he's like, oh yeah, well Bear Bryant's dead, and I was like, whoa, and I, I was like, like I like, was taken aback, but it was also like, all right, whatever, this kid, like he's also stupid and drunk, like he's whatever. And I turn around, and Kyle has broken a beer bottle off, and I was like, okay, Kyle, we've taken it too Let's, far. This isn't Roadhouse. Um, might mean too much. But as yeah. the intro into uh, the like the old takes exposed thing. Um, when me, I get me and Allie's first fight, it was after the Bama LSU game. I was going at Dan Wolken hard on Twitter and I got up out of bed, walked to another part of the house that we were in and went down to the basement and Allie, I just, I guess I fell asleep there and Allie woke up and she was like, they're like, where's Chris? And I'm just downstairs sleeping in the basement. And, and she was like, I think he left. Does anyone mind you? She thought I had broken up with her because we were in a fight and had walked <laughs> walked out of the room and and I was just on I was just being mad online. That's all it was. So we still like to joke around about oh that to, to this day. Because anytime Dan Wolf gets brought up, she's like, "Is that the guy that yeah, you yeah, almost broke up guy. with me over?" I was like, "That's not how it happened." But this is a record for most Dan Wolf mentions on podcast. For real. By the way, and that's, that's a one, whole lot. Unless it's one by himself. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll get to that a little bit more later. Our peak offseason content of the week. So the Feinbaum guys came up with this, and it's an interesting list. Um, and it's basically they ranked the order of the teams that have the most pressure to win a title this year. 2019 yep. we're talking. So their list, you know, we, we threw it out on our social media accounts. We kind of added to the discussion on, on, on Facebook and stuff and, and on Instagram as well. I came up with mine. You came up with yours. Why don't you run through yours first? So I don't, I'll just flat out say I had a hard time with this because I don't think there are 10. I don't think there are yeah, 10. Yeah, I don't think so either. It's, I agree. It's I way agree. too much. Um, I, I will say one and two are Georgia. I think top three are interchangeable. Um, okay. And I think the top one and two especially are interchangeable. I have Georgia, Bama, Michigan, Texas, Notre Dame. Okay, so let's stop right there because we have the exact same schools in our top five, yeah. but in a little bit of a different yeah. order. We both have Georgia at number one. I have Michigan at number two, and then Bama at number three. Notre Dame at number four, just because Irish haven't won a title in over thirty years well, now. And I think Bama and, and could be one. You could make the argument yeah. that Bama's one, and that's what they did on on Feinbaum, I believe, because. They're the ones who deal with the callers every single time, and they would have the whole questions about when Bama doesn't win a national title in consecutive years, you could relate to this obviously way more than I could, but just the the sky is falling feeling in the Nick Saban era. I'm telling you right now that this is how caught up in the moment I was about last year's team. And this is, I've said about the 2016 team, I said about the 2018 team, I thought 2016 was the best team I've ever seen at Bama. Jalen Hurts' freshman season. They lose with one second on the clock to Clemson. Last year's team is the best offense I've ever seen at Alabama hands down, and they lose, They get thrashed by Clemson. I forgot how good last year's Bama team really was because I was so really – I mean, I was so caught up in the moment about how, like, I mean, the defense wasn't as great, and they got killed by Clemson. Like, that, that's a, 28 points is a lot of points to lose by. I will say this, and the reason I have Bama at one and two is because more so for Bama, you're not going to have a better quarterback come in next year. Exactly. At all. You're not. Like, this This is – and you're losing a lot of receiver. And But for Georgia – I think it's a little bit more, like, because if Bama loses, your our fan base will still be like, you know what, like we've won five out of ten, like no one else has ever True. topped that. For Georgia, you've been so close, you've been so close at not not just getting over the hump, but like in the emphatic way, and then you've blown these leads. And Jake Fromm is not walking through that door next year. Jordan Rogers disagrees with you on that, but. <laughs> 
I think that's why that's why the pressure is there for Georgia right. this year. And we, we when we when we threw this out on Facebook, that that seemed to be the the overwhelming response was that Georgia had the most pressure because if Kirby doesn't, and I don't want to say like it's national title or bust because I think that gets thrown around way too much. And I think that even with Bama or Clemson, it's like it's kind of frustrating to. Like if that's your standard, then you're just always going to be miserable. And I've gotten into this discussion with as it relates to LSU, yeah. as it relates to Nebraska, and as it relates to Georgia as well. But at the same time, the urgency to win right now and for Kirby to show, hey, look, even if you could just get to a national championship and show, okay, getting the two national championships is still very significant at Georgia, considering that they hadn't been there since 1980 before the 2017 season. And if you just show, okay, this isn't just Mark Rick 2.0. Right. Because yeah. As great as Mark Rick was and as consistent as that program was for a while, you, that's the last thing that Kirby wants to deal with right now is this belief that his program has a ceiling and that they're underachieving with all of this great talent. And when you have a quarterback like Jake Fromm, which we think he's going to be at his peak and in his prime for 2019, barring some weird scenario in which maybe he suffers a season-ending injury and passes bit on the by draft, a car. whatever it is, whatever it is, gets into a fishing accident. Um, we would never wish that upon anybody, trust me. But I agree that Georgia has the most pressure to win this year just because of what it would mean to that fan base. I, I agree. and I, I But at the same time, and I'm not saying this in a derogatory way at all, this is going to come off as so arrogant, and I, I'm just going to apologize now for it. As a Bama fan, oh, if we gosh. don't... That's like the as a white guy thing. <laughs> no, it, it's gracious. totally not at all. As, if, as a Bama fan, if we don't win the national title, it does feel like a wasted season. And now when I look back on like I don't keep in mind, like, Everyone want if you want to give me crap for being a bandwagon fan because I'm a Red Sox fan and a Bama fan. I've been a Bama fan since I was four years old. I have been through the Dubose years. I've been through the Francione and Mike Price months. I mean, I I've seen them not be good. Okay, like I appreciate what's happening now. But you're in the middle of the most dominant stretch in college football history. It doesn't feel as great if you don't win a national title. But for Georgia. I don't know if it is the there. I don't think it's a ceiling situation with Kirby Smart. Like if they don't win it this year, I fully expect them to win it the year after, or or maybe like. And I know that Fromm's not going to be coming back necessarily, but like there's still so much more room for optimism for that program because you're catching Kirby Smart in the earliest of years. And and this is what I said last week about Florida fans. It bothers me so much is you have the crutch of seeing your rival, quote unquote, like go up and lose to the best and most dominant program in college football history that is currently. In the middle of that, Alabama is. That's not up for debate. So, so you're having the. You can now have the. You can fall into the safety net of saying like, "See, Kirby can't develop talent." I got news for the entire SEC. That talent is going to be developed a lot by Kirby over the next ten years. Bama is on the downslope of the Saban era because he's not going to be there forever. I don't think he's going to, you know, retire in three years, like you said. But people are finding ways to beat him. I would agree. I agree with pretty much everything that you just said there. I, I think it's. I think the Georgia conversation is it continues to develop, and we look at every five star recruit that right. gets added. It's like, oh my gosh, like how much more talent could they possibly get? And you know, but that pressure mounts. And if you are doing this one thing to prevent you from winning right. a game, it's kind of like, when is this ever going to happen? I tell you what, if he fake punched again in a game that cost him the national title, <laughs> then then we got some things to talk about. To round this out, I've got LSU at six, and I don't even think it's so much like winning a national title. It's just the pressure to beat Bama, which I guess is their national championship, so that oh, kind of works. Degrading. Um, so, so sorry, it is at this point. Come on, let's be honest. Uh, seven, I have just the Pac-12 in general, the entire Pac-12, and the Fine Bomb guys did this as well, where they threw that yeah. in there because um, you haven't won a national title since USC and Pete Carroll. Yeah. Like, let's—it's it, about time. 
Um, Oklahoma at number eight, Ohio State at number nine. People are going to be a little bit more patient just because year one of the Ryan Day That's, era. And yeah. then Clemson, Clemson at number ten is the one where like you throw them in there and you kind of realize, well, like okay, Clemson could actually be like just go to a New Year Six Bowl and not even make the playoff this Won't year. Won't even Nobody's care. Gonna think, Nobody's going to think that much different yep. of Dabo because you've already beat Saban twice. It'll also be amazing to see once that does happen, because they'll make it to the playoffs because their schedule is crap. But like once they make it there, and they will not beat, I'm going to say it right now, they will not beat Alabama oh. or Georgia this year if they get to the playoffs. Ooh-wee. Because you do not replace three first-round linemen on the defensive side of the ball that were that disruptive and then just waltz into a national title. It just isn't going to happen. And Clemson fans get at me even more than you already do. But the bottom line... Trevor Lawrence just did a hair flip right there and was like, whatever. That's awesome. Put up as much points as you want. We saw what that did last year when Alabama went up against that defense. So when you face a team that's going to be, I don't know, they can match you on offense, like I think Georgia and Bama can, you you don't have those three first-round draft picks coming back. Think about what I just said. That's crazy. No, I, and I agree. Like, and I, I think that's why, like, that's when we, when we did the, yeah. the post-national championship pod. I said, like, I think we will really remember this 2018 Clemson team as one of the greatest teams of all yeah, time. I, and I think that we will look back at this collection of talent, and we tend to look at this thing as so so linear mm-hmm. and like, oh, that Dabo is just overtaken Saban. Like, to me, it's just they've exchanged. They've each won blows. two rounds. They're exchanging blows back and forth, and 2018 was their year, and they they had a special team. They're going to be they good had, this year I, too. You could maybe you could probably make the case that 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 team was better than any Bama team that that Saban has had, that, which yeah. is kind of crazy. But I mean, yeah, when you, you really mean, think about the fact that they went undefeated, like what's what's stopping? And we look that? at the Miami team, like nobody breaks down Miami's season from 2001 and looks like look how dominant right, they were right. win by win. It's because of the draft picks. It's it's like looking back on it, we have the benefit of history exactly. to kind of aid in that that you know assessment. What I will say with the Clemson is I can't wait for this this to happen. And and then all of the trash talk from this season of this is the greatest team of all time. We reload and we're going to do this and blah, blah, blah. I can't wait till they go 13-1 and get bounced in the first game of the playoffs. And then it becomes, well, yeah, I mean, we lost so much of defense. I mean, this is a rebuilding year. It's a rebuilding year. We still made the playoffs. Guaranteed it'll happen. Write it down. On, on that note, on that great note, let's kick it to our interview with Fred Siegel. <laughs> The operator of Freezing Cold Takes, a.k.a. Old Takes Exposed, on Twitter. Great stuff from Fred. Uh, Let's get to that right now. We're now excited to be joined by a very special guest. It is Fred Siegel, a.k.a. the man behind the extremely popular Twitter account that everyone follows. It's at Old Takes Exposed, a.k.a. Freezing Cold Takes. Fred, you joining us is confirmation that you are an actual person and not just a bot Twitter account. Um, do, you, do you find yourself explaining that to people very often? Well, I try to make sure that I have my name on the bio. And um, I even link my personal account to the bio so people know it's a real person. And, but I do, get, I do get mistaken for like a company sometimes. People say like they, oh, them. Yeah, they think that uh, I have like a whole team of, people in, in like some sort of basement monitoring everybody <laughs> like in the, like in the Truman show, like in the Truman show. Right. <laughs> They're that. always out there watching. Yeah. <laughs> so when, pe- 
what people might not know about you is that before you created this freezing cold takes phenomenon on Twitter, you were, you know, just another Florida grad, like just a just a regular, you know, regular guy that, you know, consumes sports and all that stuff. Before we get into some Gator stuff, and we're going to definitely talk some cold takes with you, can you just tell our, our listeners kind of your background and the roots of how how and why you got this idea? Sure. Uh, back in like November of 2015, I think it was, I was just a normal Twitter user um, consumed by uh, a lot of <laughs> journalism and stuff like that. And, all the reports, I got all my reports from there, sports reports, but mostly sports stuff. And uh, I would see all the reporters get everything wrong. I wouldn't say everything, but they would get a lot of different things wrong. And they'd pat themselves in the back when they got something right. So they would say, uh, just like I predicted five days ago. And But those are the only things they brought up. And I, I would remember what they got wrong. And I just... <laughs> It was a time where people were, there were a lot of people coming up with ideas for different feeds. So I decided to just make this feed and uh, it, it became big pretty quickly. I didn't expect it to be big. I just expected to like troll people for like a couple of weeks with it. <laughs> and then, I mean, it's, it's huge. <laughs> you have a quarter of a million followers on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Well, I, 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 have, I, have, I had a lot of ideas to mess with people. Uh, I started off with this feed. <laughs> this feed used to be the feed. Like I created the feed. Maybe I had been using Twitter for a long time. I created this feed in, in like 2010. So if it's when it says it says I created, it says the account was created in 2010. But that was a different feed. That was a different handle. That one. I mean, there may have been something where I was messing with my friends. Like I had a feed where I. I created a parody of like my friends but and then <laughs> then i would like post those to a chat group we had but then i also created one about spelling errors i would call people out on their spelling errors they got suspended <laughs> it got suspended simply because wait I you got suspended yeah but it was twitter was different then they policed it a lot different they would if you mentioned somebody too much um for no reason they would suspend you because you were just a troll or something, yeah. You know? Wait, so changed. let me get this straight. Danny Cannell would have been blocked by the SEC. Well, <laughs> so, so no, wait, well, Old Danny Cannell was a... Danny Cannell doesn't troll as much, and he kind of just posts things that people that are provocative that annoy people. So he wouldn't get suspended because he doesn't really like he doesn't really reply or at anybody when he's doing it. He just posts provocative things upset right. everybody like because it's about college football and everyone's real <laughs> sensitive about it so uh <laughs> so but yeah but then that that was like in 2010 when that happened so i still had the account and that's what i used to create this one i just changed the handle and uh and that's and that's about it i mean it got became big pretty quick a uh, bunch of local media so, people picked it up and uh from different cities and and then by the time it was February, it came around, uh, Sports Illustrated picked it up, and then it blew oh, up after wow. that. So let me get this straight. The roots of Old Takes Exposed is just a burner account that you were messing your, with your buddies and, and just being you know, a basic troll on the internet and using it to cure evil oh, in this yeah. world. And then you just transitioned it into a totally different kind of evil curing. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I just created a cow. I, I was, I was like, I was at my, I was out on Thanksgiving, um, with my family. I was just, just like sitting my, on, on their couch, like when everyone was in bed and I just created the account. That's what happened. That's awesome. <laughs> oh man! So I bet you know the answer to this question has probably changed over over time as your account has really grown and gotten the the really just the, the national recognition that that it's received. But if you could give us some insight as to how you used to dig up cold takes back then when you were just you know sitting on your family's couch after Thanksgiving, as opposed to now and how you currently go about your process of finding these cold takes. Well, back then I had to find them all myself and I, I would, uh, I have a, I was a lawyer then and I have a background as a lawyer and, and we were lawyers. We'd learn how to search for case law and other different, uh, pieces of information on the internet, not only with, um, case law software specifically designed for that, but also just anything like Google and, uh, anything that you could get your hands on. And uh, we just know the search terms really well. We know how to search. And Twitter ha- kind of has the search function. It's kind of a lot of the same terms and codes are similar to to that. So I used to just, whenever anything happened, I would just search for it, basically, like a date of time and uh, a, a time period, a date. So if a coach got fired, uh, I'd look up the date. Oh, it's easy to find the date they were hired. Um, so you know, let's say like Jim McElwain got fired. You look up the date. You look up the date he was hired, which was like December, beginning of December 2014. But you find the exact date, and then you just look up McElwain that date, and it's just a bunch of people praising him. So, or it could work the other way around. Um, if, so, if if a player if a player is amazing, you go up to the date he was drafted. You find people saying that he was he wasn't a good pick. Things like that. But yeah, I would I would do it the time it needed to be done. So a team won. You pro, you can look up a time period. A team a team makes the playoffs. It wasn't supposed to. You look up a time period, beginning of the year. You look up their schedule to see if the time when they had three straight losses. The NFL team had three straight losses. They were two and six at one point, but then they make the playoffs. At that date, is a date where everybody is planning. Yeah. So, I I mean, that's the stuff I used to do. Now I get tagged everything anytime anybody says anything. Or um, as soon as something happens, I'll get tagged a million times by everybody. So I get a lot of good ones from that now. So I don't have Perfect. to I do that. it all myself. I don't want to chase the wrong way. It's like, but it sounds like you're just like the ex-girlfriend I never wanted to talk to on social media. It's like you remember <laughs> everything. Yeah, I mean, well, now it's everybody. Uh, now it's everybody who remembers everything. So it's, uh, it's uh, right. it, it, all the people who are following me and even people who don't follow me, who uh, it, some of the first thing that comes to their mind is, is to post, tag me. Uh, so, so yeah, so, so it's like a whole network of people, but I think, uh, journalists and, um, I've tell this to a lot of people that journalists and media personalities, they don't hate as much getting called out for the wrong take 
as much as they hate being tagged when they say something interesting, like in real time. <laughs> so good, they'll yeah. say something interesting. They'll say something interesting in real time, and and someone will tag them to it, tag me to it, and it just annoys the crap out of them. That 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 re- I'm sure. I guess is that no that I mean that's that's the most of the animosity towards me is 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 because of that. They, they hate it. I, I just have a feeling that it's like the same people that we bring up on our podcast that, that are the most affected by this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, there are certain people who take it a lot more seriously than others. But uh, they just um, – some people just can't uh, – they, they, they don't believe that they were fully wrong. Right. And they can't help but argue it. Uh and they they have to defend themselves. It's part of the personality. And some people just don't like to be called out. But I think for the for the most part, people have gotten the hang of it. Understand that it's not a big deal. Right. What's what's the angriest response you've ever received? I don't know. Oh. Well, I, I get a lot. Of, I've got a lot of bad DMs. Um, but of people telling me. You know, how worthless I am and things like that. Um, useless, <laughs> useless. Uh, um, yeah, but uh, for for in ter- in terms of, I don't remember the, the actual people's names, but the, I get a lot of angry quote tweets that say, "Oh, this is the worst." I had one guy who said, like, who said that he's going to tag. He he blocks anyone who tags me. To them, under his tweet. Um, and announce it to everybody. That, that's a really bad thing to do, by the way. Because I'll retweet it, and then and yeah, like screenshots of... exist. Like you're you're very well yeah. versed in making sure that you get the tweet that you need to get. I mean, that's never going to be an issue for you, right? And um, but I've had uh, I have people now who will who will block anybody who tags me, anybody. So if, if I'm if I wow. if they t- if I if you tag old takes exposed to one of their tweets under it, if you did that, you will immediately be blocked by them. I have people like that. There's a, there's a bunch of them. I'd say five to ten, at least. Oh, Some people have blocked me, and I don't know. I only realize it because I get tagged under their tweet, and I can't see it. And I click on their handle, and I realize I'm blocked. I didn't know I was blocked in the first place because it doesn't tell you when you're blocked somebody right fred you know i i do feel like you're a little bit of like an internet vigilante like we we need you in this in this era of of all of everybody having takes nonstop, and like yeah and the exact reason that you brought up before about why you started this you would see journalists pat themselves on the back for the right takes but you wouldn't see anybody that would consistently call them out for the wrong takes and we need this and i think that as sports fans who consume the internet, like we've looked to this more and more. And that's why, you know, like a couple of years ago, I came up with, you know, the idea to do like the 10 coldest takes of the SEC season in 2017. You helped me out a lot with that. And just finding some of this stuff and looking back on it, you're like, oh my gosh, like a lot of these would have just like slipped through the cracks had we not been able to, to, go, to go back and find them. So I'm going to read these three to you. And I'm sure you remember all of them. Um, but just in terms of like, you know, try, try and maybe think about which one is the coldest take of all of these. So these were these were the top three that I had for you. The first one, Marler knows extremely well. Almost uh, ruined Dan, my relationship. 
Yeah. Dan Wolken said that he was stunned by the 19-and-a-half-point Alabama-Vandy line and that he didn't <laughs> think it was a slam dunk that Alabama would score 19 against the Vandy D. Uh, that's one of them. Another one, Phil Still, before the 2017 season, and in his defense, he said this before the credit card nine, all that stuff happened, he said that Florida was his sleeper 2017 national title contender. I'm sure that has a very special place in your heart. And then Danny Cannell, the Mr. Anti-SEC himself, he basically was wrong the entire 2017 national championship. Oh, yeah. uh, he had <laughs> tweets like, ball game, after Georgia would score a touchdown. <laughs> or then he after after Tua came in in the second half, he's like, nothing like bailing on the QB who got you here, SMH. <laughs> Which one of those is is your favorite? No, Canal, easy. Because Canal was just like oh. ragging on him the whole time. But, the, I mean, the Vanderbilt one's really funny because, because he, he was just said in passing and – and what, I think that what they lost like fifty to nothing that game. Like Fifty-seven that. to nothing, Fred. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, the other one was what the 2017, the Phil Steele one. He liked to caveat that with the the, the credit card nine before the credit card. But that team wasn't going anywhere. Um, that team couldn't offensively. I don't see them have done it done much of anything, even with those players, but uh, the Canal one's the best. During the national championship game, I think it's, he, he likes to troll the SEC. I mean, when he does it, I mean, he gets excited to do it, so it kind of, he kind of just does it prematurely because he, he gets real excited to try to do it whenever he can. I, I mean, I don't want to say you're wrong, but I'm going to cold take expose you right now and say the answer was Dan Wolken. That I oh, I yeah, still am yeah, yeah. I'm mad right now thinking of him saying it and I remember this is before I was even working at SCS I remember looking at it on Twitter and I was like is he kidding me right now like <laughs> I was it was so bad um anyway we'll try to move on from that because I still it's been two years we've won a national championship I'm still not over it um okay so you obviously like sports and you you're obviously involved like heavily on Twitter what is your personal and we're gonna get to ours later trust me so we're not just you know throwing you on the bus. What is your personal biggest cold take of all time? Uh, well, yeah, I used, I got really excited about uh, you know Jimbo Fisher. I have a bunch, I'm sure, but I get really excited about Jimbo Fisher becoming FSU head coach. I didn't think it was going to be a big deal. I thought he was terrible, but he ended up wasting us because because he out recruited the hell out of us at UF just so badly. Yeah, just took took the pro, just tore apart. Um, the program. I mean, we couldn't compete, and uh, and that just. I mean, it, that hire was pivotal, and it, it cost us a lot of years. Uh, I mean, hiring Will Muschamp was average, as part <laughs> of it. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I thought I really, 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 really laughed a lot about Jimbo Fisher at FSU. Jeez. I didn't think he was a threat at all. Because they weren't very good when he took over. Yeah. It's fun. It's just funny. It's not funny because you got it wrong. It's just funny because, like, you, we know what it is now. And you just look at it and you're like, yeah, Jimbo's not going to be a good coach. And then we got Must Champ. And you're like, yeah. and you obviously, again, you know how it turned out now. But. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, speaking of FSU um, and the guy that we were just talking, two guys that we were just talking about, who do you get more satisfaction out of cold taking? Is it Dan Wolken or Danny Cannell? Cannell, um, just because. <laughs> <laughs> just, 
<laughs> no hesitation. Well, I, I like him. I like him, but I, 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 he's. I mean, he likes to. He likes to jump the gun a lot, and but he he he's not afraid to make a bold take. So it's good. I mean, Walken too, but but uh, I don't get necessarily get pleasure at doing any posting of anyone, especially people who I post a lot. So if I post them a lot, I kind of get annoyed because I don't yeah. want to like flood the feed with the same person. So, um, but I don't really get much pleasure in doing it in any of them. I'm really focused on whether it's a good one to post and whether I should post it or not and things like that. I don't get pleasure in posting somebody who I know is going to get really mad. Um, oh, interesting. Just because really, it just, well, just because it kind of ruins it. It's not fun. Um, it, Someone who I've posted that's gotten really mad before, but I will. I'll post them. But I don't. I get a lot of texts and DMs from people trying. Someone who's really called me out a lot. Um, people will DM me and try to give me all their cold takes so I can post them all at once, which I don't do. <laughs> oh, I, that's I, trying. I, that's, I don't. Do, I don't do that as spite. I don't do that as spite. I'll do it if it's if it, if it calls for it. I'll do it, but I'm not gonna. Uh, do it on a spike it kind of just deviates from the purpose of it oh, Fred that's so disappointing when you retweet me it's an honor I, I take that with, with a badge <laughs> of pride and we'll get to yeah. my cold takes later but it's like I'm like alright good at least at least my take was it's like shooting the moon essentially at least my take was so bad that it can now be mocked and ha- let, let the world see it because that's when you know you really are, are doing your job well when you you just went so far in the wrong direction that no it's, what it's are you talking about what is- that's that to me is is a, is a win it's it's shooting the moon and Fred I'm sorry for <laughs> sending you all of those pick stitch collages of all of Connor's bad takes <laughs> that I've wanted you? you to blast him for <laughs> no no I, so I will say that I have definitely. I know that last year, I'd say more than once, probably, Connor, I think that I sent one to Old Dick Exposed. I forgot which one it was, but it was something that was yeah. like, okay, all right. Um, <laughs> I will say this. What? So what fan base, what, and, I'm, and I just, I, I don't want to say it's in a rude way because you're obviously a better person than me or that I thought um, just from the account, but like, I'm really disappointed in your last answer about you don't get pleasure out of doing this to, um, oh, yeah. to certain people no, because I, I, I definitely I... do when you do it. <laughs> Well, I, I just know what people think. Like, yeah, well, a lot, especially I know what you're going at with college football, the fan bases, because mm-hmm. they always accuse me of bias. Right. So I know what I'm going to get. Tennessee is the ultimate. Right. Okay, they get really okay. sensitive, and they think they think that I, I'm after them because of because I'm a Gator, and they think that I'm just going after them, and they think that I wouldn't do any posts about Gators stuff just assumed and um which isn't true i mean just tennessee's got given me great material in the past so odd years and they can't deny that um right so and 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 uf has it because uf's been kind of irrelevant and and there hasn't been much predictions of them in the past some odd years of them being great they're just whatever, and they end up being whatever. I mean, yeah, a couple of from the McElwain hire, a couple from the Muschamp hire, but that's it, you know? Um, yeah. But uh, Tennessee, is they get really mad. The fans get really mad. 
Fall um, Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Um, Miami, too, because Miami fans um, get really excited really quickly. Yeah. And they can get so, but they, but they have the same kind of complex. that I, I, I hate Miami, and um, I'm, I'm kind of going after them. So, so basically that uh, Florida-Miami opener is going to be really awkward for you, is what you're saying. Yeah, for real. Oh, it's the biggest thing for for, for that Florida Miami openers are a really big deal. Miami and Florida don't play that much. Uh, if two fan bases absolutely despise each other, way more than <laughs> than Miami and FSU despise each other, and way more than Florida and FSU despise each other. Um, Florida Miami hate each other the most. So, um, so that game is big, especially because it's the big first week of the season. It's good. everybody's going to be watching it. So it's like a it's like a week you can talk trash after. Uh, it's just not a game. It, it, they have much more to gain from it. Uh, we have much more to lose, I would say. It will be favored. It's just not a game that Dan Mullen wants to lose. Um, no, that's that's very true. It'll be I, really I think... upsetting to everybody if we lost that game. Uh, I, I I'd much rather group... lose to Tennessee than to Miami this year. Wow. That's interesting. I think a I mean, lot nobody, of people, no too. No Gator fan wants to lose to Miami this year. I mean, it's just, it would be bad. So, all right, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot. And I, I know that there there are a lot of things that probably come to mind, and this, this might be a little bit tough to think of. But your best SEC-related cold take is is what? Something that you're just like, you go back to all the time. Maybe it is the Wolken thing or Canal did in the 2017 National Championship. Well, well, but something well, that people, comes to mind for you. The people, one of the people go back to all the time, Dan Wilkins, he said that the Alabama dynasty was dead after the, uh, or he said something of the, of the, of that ilk when, yep. when they lost to Ole Miss in 2015. Ugh. Yeah. He said something about like Alabama's dynasty being dead. And, um, or he said, it, it, and I talked to him about it one time. I used to have a podcast. I talked to him. And he explains it in a, a different way. But uh, he gets pushed to that a lot. He also said that Les Miles is the best coach in college football back in 2010. <laughs> yeah, I get on that one. Uh, Paul Feinbaum said that uh, McIlwain will be the next Urban. Uh, oh. You asked, yeah. This is, this, the role of you never know, so right? Incredible. Yeah, Paul Feinbaum. I, I use that a lot. There are... Um, uh, Clay Travis, well, at least uh, after – there's a lot after Georgia went uh, – it was a certain time period. And I told you about the time periods back in um, – earlier when we were talking. I, I talked told you about these time periods. But you look at the time period where Georgia in 2016, Kirby Smart's first year, lost at home to Vanderbilt. Yeah, oh, yeah. That was quality time cold takes because uh yeah i think they try at least they didn't fire rick mark rick and hire kirby smart um, oh i think i said that too uh, very sarcastically he said it uh in in in, uh, in in right after they lost to florida that year too to a really average florida team lost to all uh, the rebels yeah that was kirby was getting slammed a lot at that point um so that was a good time for it 
there's a lot of great stuff about saving. Um, and I can tell you another great time period, uh, ripe time period, is when, is when uh, kind of right after the kick six game. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Why are you there we go. <laughs> Continue, Fred. I guess right after the um, SEC championship, maybe that year, 2013, it, there was a lot of people leaning towards uh, Saban's got to be shaking in his boots about Gus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Gus is going to be the it. next great thing. Cowherd was all over. Gus is, 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 yeah. is going to take over. Uh, a lot of people like that had had that particular take, um, hot take. And you know, there's a good one with Joel Klatt and mm-hmm. uh, Colin Cowherd laughing about Alabama. They're done. That is, he's dead. Back in back, that was around the same time as the Wolken take came with the Ole Miss game in twenty fifteen. Yeah. Uh, they they're just too big. They're 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 not they're not they're not they're, they're not as their athletic defense isn't fast they're enough. Not, yeah, their defense isn't <laughs> fast enough. They they're 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 just a bunch of big players. That uh, was uh, good. There's some good ones about oh, you said SEC related. There's some good ones from. From that time where Clemson, you know, 2011, 2012 period. Oh, yeah. Where Dabo was kind of like average, hovering. Good stuff about Dabo at that time. And, uh, really yeah, good. yeah, really good. Good stuff like when Harbaugh took over, about how he was going to just waste Urban. <laughs> Yeah, about that. Oh, um, Harbaugh, speaking Michigan, of Urban, yeah. yeah. Speaking of Urban, that's a perfect transition. So the, the post-game interview that he did at the Rose Bowl this past year, there was a little graphic below his name, and it said that it was Urban Meyer's final game. And I tweeted that at you. Hey, bookmark that one, and then thank you. Yeah, you, yeah. You tweeted that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it doesn't have to necessarily be college football-related, but what's the one tweet that you have just sitting in the holster that you can't wait to see go cold? Oh, um, <laughs> that's uh, it's hard for me to say. I, I have there, there's there's certain I could tell you. I don't really know. Think, I can't really think of like specific tweets, but there there are certain I guess events that I would love to see happen. That would allow me to post a lot of great things. And the one that comes off the top of my head right now is this guy, this new quarterback for the Giants. <laughs> oh, yeah. Daniel yes, Jones. thank you. Thank you. I would love for this guy to be the next Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that would Thank you. <laughs> I mean, because he got he, – he was torched. Um, torched in the draft. So yeah. I mean that that pick would be great if if he was the next uh, Aaron Rodgers. There was uh, in, in college football. There's I guess I'm trying to think of something that would be a good um, a good incident that would would turn. Please involve Clemson. Ooh, what about what about Herm Edwards? Yeah, Herm great. Edwards. If Herm, Herm Edwards, Edwards got like really I, I good. I don't see it. Yeah. At all. That's true. 
I mean, uh, you can put me down here. I just, I don't see him doing anything all that great over there. Uh, you can put me down for that. Sure. Uh, I, I don't see it. I just don't see it. Um, Herm Edwards, that would be really good, though. It would be. Uh, um, uh, USC. USC would be good. The, the, oh, the USC yeah, coach is getting taking a lot of shit. No, the USC coach now is taking a lot of shit program. <laughs> so, I mean, like, that would be good. If they were, they turned out to win the national championship. Uh, that would be great. Oh, well, if if Willie Taggart could turn it around at FSU. Oh yeah, I bet yeah, you not see that too. That. Not holding my breath on that. Yeah, that's you fair. Know, I've he, made those thoughts known. Yeah, yeah, uh, it doesn't look great there. So, uh, or if ML Caver like comes that. back and does a tomahawk chop on social media. Oh gosh. Who? <laughs> I said if MLK ever comes back and does a tomahawk chop on social media like they posted. <laughs> what a blunder. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you definitely have to have some of these, these like, takes, like, you're talking about, like, just prediction-wise. Like, I mean, I want to see the Daniel Jones thing, too. But, but what is your absolute boldest take for the 2019 college football season? Oh, mine specifically? Yeah. Uh, um, okay. Well... You know, I haven't actually thought about it, but let me think. Uh, it's so hard. I mean, who's going to win the national? Who's, who would win the national championship besides Ohio State or Clemson or Alabama? Um, that's true. That's a, that's yeah. a really tough one to come up. Any pretty much anything that isn't one of those is it would be considered a bold take at this point. Right, right. Uh, who are the Heisman Trophy candidates? Yeah, and anything other than well, I mean, you, you could go like you could say Tua, you could say Trevor Lawrence, but like, it, like I, I've oh, said yeah, before Lawrence, that I think Justin right. Fields is a better bet. Oh yeah, yeah. well you can't tell because you know I, I never really watched him. So uh, true, but uh, but yeah, um, I let's think. Uh, I mean, I I I, I think Gators are going to be worse this year. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Do tell. I, I I just think that you know, we played a lot of close games last year. Um, it's not like we were a really far and away better team than most of the teams we played. And it, it, I think that maybe going into the season, it's just it, it seems like it's a, we're like being looked at based on our last game. You know, I don't trust the quarterback all that much. Love it. And I think it's I, I just think it's give or take every game. I mean, most of the games. Uh, we have a, we play at LSU, we play Auburn, we play Tennessee. I mean, we of course the Georgia game. So I I, I don't think they're going to be as good this year. No. A certain co-host on this podcast may or may not have, but definitely did go on Paul Feinbaum and suggest that because Florida went three and three against the division last year, five of the six games they were trailing in the fourth quarter. Suggested that Florida might actually just stay the same in the SEC, and then he, uh, this columnist who did this, um, might have been a co-host of this podcast, got absolutely <laughs> blasted by Florida Twitter. Um, so hearing you say this gives me a little bit of confirmation to know that uh, I am not totally crazy for suggesting that. I don't understand the fan base thing where they get mad at someone predicting something. Right, you're not that's doing all anything. You're just that's predicting. Like oh, you're going to find out whether it's true or not. Right. And, <laughs> and if it's wrong, you will have my take on Colts. Why are you insulted by it? It's not going to affect anyone. 
You're right. So what we're going to do here is we're going to close out with, in lieu of Family Feud, we yeah. are instead are going to give you our cold takes, our very <laughs> cold takes, and you are you are going to rate them for us. So a right. one is just mild. It's not really a cold take at all. A 10 is Antarctica levels of cold. So I'll go first. I've got four takes that I want to fire at you, and you can grade each one as we go. All right? Sound good? Uh, all right. All right, so last year, I said before this before the 2018 season, I said, I only see one game on Mississippi State's schedule that scares me. <laughs> what do you rate that? <laughs> Give it like a five. A five. Because, right, what? Okay, uh, it, there, was no definitive, there was no definitive declaration of that they were going to lose. They, they were only going to win. It was it was I was a softer way of saying that that they were going to lose only one game, I guess. But you like kind of backed out on that. Like you just didn't you didn't want to say they were only going to lose one. No, he did. Well, I actually went on the record and said I, I did say they were going to win ten games. Oh, you did. You say well, that's like I guess colder. But I mean, yeah, I mean that's a funny one. I mean, it's the way you say. It. Fine, I'll give it a six. The way you said it. All right. Uh, the way the way it said it, it was it was kind of. The way it was brought about is funny. The confidence, just, it's just, yeah. I'll wait till the next one. A chili take. Chili take. All right, this next one yeah. is, is pretty cold. Um, all right, so Jalen Hurts will quit the team midseason. I predicted that in August of last year and September. I doubled down. Okay, I, I look, I'm going to give that a four to five because all right. a, lot of people, okay. a lot of people thought that he was, a lot of people thought he may do that. Um, he didn't play most of the season. And I just think that it was more of a prevailing thought that he may leave. So, and it, it, he did come back and play the game, that one game in, in the SEC game. But True. his end result wasn't like he took over for Tua and dominated. True. So I'm going to give it like a four or five. Okay. All right, this one, you, I'm guessing it's a little bit colder because you, you retweeted this. Um, so after the Broncos made their second pick, which was, or yeah, it happened in the second round. They had traded down picks in this most recent draft. Um, I, I tweeted, starting to think John Elway doesn't love Drew Locke like he said he did. And then the next pick, the Broncos trade up, take Drew Locke, and I got roasted. It was one of the, it had to be one of your quickest cold takes ever. That, it, it's all timing, uh, but it, it, because of the timing, it's like a seven because you said it right before, but you didn't say that they specifically. You didn't go out and say, "Oh, always not taking Locke." I told you that would have been a nine. But you were yeah. a little, little tame right. there, starting to think that yeah, that's a little soft, but. Uh, all right, here's, here's my last one, um, and then Marlo will have his. Bruno Mars is not that talented. I said that about four years ago. I have since changed my thinking, but that was yeah. once upon a very strong take that I had. Well, it, was a bad, it was just a bad take to begin with. It I was. Mean, I mean, like, if you, don't, you don't have to like his music, but it, it, it's just hard to believe that anybody who gets into that position is not talented. I, I'd have to think that there's a very small percentage of people in the world who could do what he does. So in a manner that he does it and become what he is. 
takes a lot of talent. So using the word talent is just—it's just—I mean, it's just a bad. That's just—it's just a, a bad take when when stated. Now you could say, Rotten. but I can't really. All out of those are opinions. So there's a lot of people who like Bruno Mars and a lot of people who don't. You say I don't like Bruno True. Mars. What's that? It's your opinion. You're perfectly welcome to have it. Now, if you said back in the day, this guy's not going to be anybody. This guy's this guy's done. <laughs> this guy's this guy's not going to be famous at all. That's a cold day because no matter if you like mm-hmm. him or not, you're wrong about that. All right, we're learning. That's good. All That's right. all really yeah. good. I've got two because most of my takes are pretty fire, to be honest. Um, here's the first one. This is I, I. This has to be worse than the other ones from Connor. When I said when I was 18 years old that the Nelly and Tim McGraw song over and over again was the greatest song I'd ever heard in my life. <laughs> well, see, well, that's hyperbole. First of all. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, look, I mean, that's an opinion, too. So uh, It was a good one. Well, wait, wait, can't, you can't, you can't, uh, someone says that, it's a bad opinion. Like someone disagrees with you. You're crazy. That's not really, I don't agree with you that that's the best song. But, uh, but since you said it's your opinion, it's very hyperbolic. Now, if you said, uh, I will never stop loving this song. It's the greatest song. Really tired. If you're now you're really tired. Over and over again. That's a different one. That's a different one. Okay, that's good. All right, I've got one more, and it didn't come from me. I'm not going to name names. Oh, gosh. But Malik Willis will be the eighth best quarterback in the SEC for the 2019 season. Mm-hmm. Malik Willis will be the eighth? Eighth best, best quarterback. The best. A little background, he is no longer even at that school in the SEC. <laughs> Yeah, you can't say that. All right, so that was mine. That was mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's throw it out there. Everybody that's, that's knows like it was mine. That was eight or nine. Eight, that was like a nine. You can't say that. Uh, tell you, Connor. Because, because they tra- after spring, after spring camp, they're not number one. They're going to leave. Yeah, that's just the, the transfer portal. Yeah, that was okay. I had that coming. Let's. We we can end on that note. That could be that could be a walk off. My cold take, just so that nobody thinks that we're going after people, we're just attacking people, calling them out. We'll end on one that I got horribly wrong already. Fred, we we really appreciate you coming on. In case you are for whatever reason not following uh, freezing cold takes, you need to be. Yeah. Uh, it's at old takes exposed on Twitter. Already a quarter of a million followers and growing by the day. Fred, appreciate it. Be well and best of luck to you and your Gators. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Go get anyone. Anyone on Instagram too? I'm at freezing cold takes. Instagram is a. I'm I'm on, I'm on Instagram too. Blowing up, blowing up all over the social media platforms. Fred, thank That's you right. again. We will do this soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Okay. So just in case that wasn't enough fun for you, Marlo did his homework this week. <laughs> and blessed are we because we get to hear West SEC, SEC West coaches who would play them. In a movie, Marler, the anticipation is killing me. We've had a while for this. <laughs> Let me say one more thing about Clemson and Georgia. No, I'm kidding. Let's get into this. Um, I so I'm gonna go through all seven coaches. Okay, 
If I can't remember their names, I will lean on you, like just like I did with the Vandy entire offensive production they had. Goodness for gracious. Yeah, that was bad. I'm You're like, oh, the running back, the receiver, <laughs> yeah. the tight end. I knew Keisha Vaughn. Um, okay, so last week I said Joe Moorhead, and I know it, it upset you because Joe Moorhead is your bipple. But regardless, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with it. It's Patrick Oof. from SpongeBob. They look just alike. Gosh, Patrick would be terrible in a movie, in a feature oh, film. I don't know about that. I never watched SpongeBob, so I don't really know. Yeah, that was a terrible a Patrick. Yeah, well, not all of us watch cartoons. Some of us are adults. Boom. I, I don't watch. I don't watch. Okay, I don't watch that show. But I've on. seen enough clips. LSU Edward Run. an actual bear. See that I'm on board with. Tell me you wouldn't go see that movie because everyone wants to say, like, "Oh, it's Farmer Fran from Waterboy." No, first off, that guy's from Macon, no. Georgia. I forgot his actual name. He's he's an actor um, and former comedian. He was great. Uh, also, the dad. He was the dad from Boy Meets World for Sean. They just that I knew. Up and leaving. Um, an actual bear. First off, no offense, Coach O, because you know I love you. Kind of similar. Um, what's body structure? Look? Well, body structure for sure. Mannerisms, expressions. How they express themselves emotionally. I was going to say intensity, probably. Also intensity. I feel like Coach... It's... I mean, I, I'm i going to catch a lot of flack for this. I'm just going to say it. Bear Bryant really screwed us over by ever wrestling a, wrestling a bear. Because Coach Orgeron versus Bears is the match we really need and deserve as fans. Why can't we have both? Why can't we we set that up, too? 2.0. It's like Rocky Four, but maybe not. No, it's just... We'll, we'll figure it out. You know, you know what I'm trying to say. Ole Miss, Matt Luke. This is hands down the best one. Meatloaf. Yeah, we've we've said that one before. That that's that, that seems to make a lot of sense. Is Meatloaf it's, dead or alive? He's alive. I'll tell you a story okay. some other time about Meatloaf. It's not okay. Meatloaf um, the person or Meatloaf just the food? The person. Okay. It's, it's okay. actually it's honestly too much for on air, and I, that's that's coming from me. Right. Um, Bama, Nick Saban, Nick Saban. He he just acts. He's he's his own actor. I'm not gonna tell. I'm not. No one's good no. enough. Yes. No. All right. Fine. Then Christian Bale because I feel like he could he could age that well. We saw him do the Dick Cheney thing. Also, he can gain and lose weight like crazy. Um, I, I'm gonna say Christian Bale. It's Nick Saban. I was gonna say Tom Cruise. No, Tom Cruise. Perfect segue is Gus Malzahn, and here's why. They don't look anything alike, and I think Tom Cruise is like five three. He's like the size of a Lego, I believe. Um, also More coming under some fire because Justin Bieber. For reasons I don't even know, wants to fight him, apparently. Did you see this? Or did you, did oh, you? I saw this. Okay. I saw this. And <laughs> Vegas commented on it. Vegas commented on it. And then, um, like, Odd Shark was like, hey, we don't like your odds, we don't like your And odds then they came, they came out with odds, and uh, apparently the odds actually favored Bieber. But that's okay. I would take I would take Tom Cruise in a heartbeat. Um, but whenever I think of Tom Cruise, like, I don't think Top Gun Tom Cruise. I think of Scientologist crazy couch jumping on Oprah Tom Cruise. And that's the best way to describe Gus Malzahn. Jumping on a couch, getting way too excited, chewing that gum. Mile a minute, dude. Mile a minute. Top Gun. I mean, Tom Cruise. I think we could have done better with that one. Well, thanks, Connor. Top Gus. Um, <laughs> uh, A&M. I think we could have done better with that one. A&M. You don't start with me. A&M, Jimbo Fisher, Robert Downey Jr. Okay. Okay. Explain. Yeah. Because he's he's likable, he's personable. Like like him as Iron Man is not that far fetched from how Jimbo Fisher is in real life. Like they both have a blank ton of money. They're both pretty likable. They both talk way too fast. Why can't we ever get you to just say crap ton of money? It's not that hard. I'm not saying crap because I'm not a camp counselor. That's not how I speak. Just in, accept me for me. Like I accept you for you. I don't say heck and I don't say crap. All right, fair enough. No one should say heck that's over the age of thirteen. Just throwing that out there. Um, Arkansas, Chad Morris, Henry Winkler. 
Fonzie. But like I mean, think about think about him as the coach and the water boy. And think about Chad Morris. Similar yeah. similar okay. build and That's, structure. I was waiting to see where you're going with that. Yeah. Similar build and structure. But also, um, I feel like they run the same offense. The green notebook from Waterboy. Yeah. Yeah. Just clutching onto it. So that that is my that is my homework that I did this week. I've heard that Henry Winkler is like the nicest human being in Hollywood. Like that's not really? just like a oh it's thrown out there. Like he is legitimately the nicest human being that there is. Which I don't know. That just helps me sleep better at night. No, my fiance lived there, so it's kind of rude. She's not gonna like that you said that, but it's fine. Ali lives in Hollywood. She lived in Hollywood. She moved here. Well, lived. That's what I said. Pestons. She played like tennis at like the Hollywood Country Club or something stupid. She, she we live separate Dang. lives. She's like I don't know what she's doing. Yeah, jeez. Who's the reacher? Who's the seller there? Right? For real. I don't know what that <laughs> we means. Got, <laughs> we've got it might be too much. Uh, this what uh, by the way, an early entry to the all name team. I think we might have list oh no, we haven't listed it yet because no. he's, obviously he's gonna be a twenty twenty recruit. But he's gonna be on the all name team. Major Burns, defensive mm. back, joining DBU. As we've all been there after a long weekend in Vegas, am I right, guys? Oh, not too much. Here we go. So, Major Burns, after announcing his commitment to LSU, a former AM commit, he promised a title, promised a national title. He tweeted, promising a national championship to my people. Now, his people, he's, he's, that's within his jurisdiction because he's from Baton Rouge. Yeah. No problem doing that. No, nothing wrong with that. Here's the interesting question with this. I'm not going to rip a kid for like getting confident on Twitter or whatever. Like, you know, I you're, will. you're maybe a little bit hungry for some likes, some retweets, yeah. something like that. Maybe you want to get some it new followers. Maybe you believe it because you think the world is, is you yours. Is that your fingertips? Yeah, which nobody pointed that out in the mentions at all. Nobody said a thing about Alabama, and it was totally fine. Um, no, they definitely did. I was going to say. <laughs> uh, poor kid. Anyways, what are the percentages? What, what percent chance would you give LSU to win a national title by 2023? Uh, 12.5%. One-eighth. One-eighth. Okay. I mean, here's the thing. LSU is a very good program. Coach Orgeron has them in a very good place. I don't... I mean, they get Texas at home next year. They get Bama at home next year. The Tide don't lose in Baton Rouge. That's a whole other thing. I think the reason why this kid got so much flack is because this isn't the first kid from Louisiana that has... Or even Fan or anyone else that's made a comment about how, like, we're going to beat Bama all four years that I'm there, or we're going to win a national title and blah, blah, blah. It's like, man, let's baby steps, man. Baby steps. Here'd be the interesting thing. What if they didn't beat Bama and still win a national title? Because theoretically... I could live with that. I would love that. Theoretically, that could happen. Let's yeah. not forget. That would know? be awesome. Um, I'd, I'd give like a... Tw- I'll go 20%. I'd That's, say 20% by 2023. That's one, one in five. five chance? Yeah, I'd say one in five is is a fair is a fair number for that program. Okay. Considering just all the talent that they have coming in, they they're coming a off a New Year's Six Bowl victory. They have they're they are loaded, absolutely yeah. loaded with talent for the next couple of years. Saying twenty twenty three, Derek Stingley ain't walking through that door. <laughs> is he going to be there in twenty twenty two? We'll be no, going by. There's no chance. Oh yeah, no, yeah, because he'd be 2019, 2020, yeah. 2021. Right. Anyways, Derek Stingley for Heisman. Um, we have some five star reviews to get to. Whoop, whoop. Sir. And you'll like this because winning and boozing, the new smash hit segment got a lot of love in our five-star reviews. Guys, this I want to say one. this real quick before you start. I joke around all the time. I am a pretty big sarcastic a-hole sometimes. Crap hole. There you go. Just for you. Butthole. Butthole. Butt Dang it. I'm so bad at it. <laughs> I want everyone to know that enjoyed it, reached out. Whether you left the five-star review or not, 
all the support and love that we got for this, I, from the bottom of my cold black heart, really, really appreciate it. It meant more than you could ever know. So thank you. This was you getting back from the hospital, baby in hand, and everybody's just complimenting <laughs> yeah. you. What a beautiful baby That's that is. Baby. Oh my gosh, that is such a cute baby. That's exactly what this was. This first one is from U-U-U-U-U-P-E-P. I'm not even going to try and pronounce yeah, that. Subject, winning and boozing. I think it's spelled bowsing in the subject. That's okay. it wrong, yeah. Anyways, we don't need to call people out for spelling like Fred did True. When, with his burner account. A lot. I loved the winning and boozing segment. Will definitely be a new subscriber if this becomes a staple. That's a bit of an ultimatum from us. I think it yeah. is going I to hope, be a new staple. I That's hope it is plan. too. Just maybe also just follow. I think just subscribe anyways. Like yeah, whatever. Wait like, and see. Subscribe um, in the meantime. Why? Why can't I think of who? Sean Patrick, one of my favorite followers that we have and listeners and followers sounds so weird. One of my favorite listeners and people that I follow on Twitter. He's awesome, even though he's a Yankees fan. He, I, I tweeted this out, the review, and he goes, yeah, but what if that guy just goes ahead and follows? And I was like, yeah, there yeah. you go. Also agree with that. So Amen, Sean, Sean. Patrick on that. Say um, louder for the people in the back. Love, okay, this is from Reginald's cousin. Love this podcast with a booze edition made it even better. Can't wait to try these as I make my travels to multiple SC stadiums this year. Go Tigers. I bet Reginald's cousin think that LSU is going to win a national title in the next five years. Oh, Reginald's cousin's been wrong before, so. Mm, just saying, just saying. Um, this last one from Dog Nation 4385. You know, even though that's kind of a, com- a competitor of ours, we don't need to, whatever. Yeah, that's tough. Um, subject, great show. I usually only listen to football and or sports podcasts during the season, but I've really enjoyed the off-season content on SDS, especially the winning and boozing episode definitely need to bring that back during the football season. People have spoken, Marlon. They want winning and boozing. I love it. I'll tell you what I want to do. I want to give them winning and boozing for one. I want to say thank you one more time. I really want to pee. So let's close this out. Amen. Join our new Facebook group. Request to join it. Send an invite. Search Saturday Down South Podcast on Facebook. Make sure that you're following us on all forms SDS of social pod. media. Just SDS Podcast. Hey, you can probably find it searching. Yeah, yeah, the internet has a way of figuring these things out. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram at SDS. Also on Twitter at the SDS Pod at C Marler SDS at C J O'Gara. Marler slash Cocho slash a bear. Well, no, okay, it's not Marler. It's just Cocho. Yeah, bear. Well, oh, well, sorry, didn't mean to blow your cover there. Um, what's what's the one thing that I can't? Can, can bears say this? I think bears can say this. National champs, 2023. It might be too much. <laughs> I mean, that's me.